0: Welcome, everyone, to this week's ICEJ webinar. We appreciate everyone joining us from all over the world. I'm David Parsons, one of the vice presidents here at the International Christian Embassy and our senior spokesman. And uh, of course, with the, the war now uh, with Hamas and Gaza, almost uh, three weeks old, we're still dealing with the whole aftermath. <laughs> Uh, ever since that brutal mass terror attack by Hamas, killing over 1,400 Israelis, uh, primarily civilians, including babies, old women, children, mothers, uh, and and Israel's still in shock from this. And today we're asking, how can we get more Christians to stand up for Israel? Because this is the worst uh, single day since the Holocaust. It touched the raw nerve of the Holocaust. If the the saying "never again" has any meaning, it's time for Christians to stand up now to uh, defend Israel. And uh, we're going to be speaking today to two good friends of the Christian Embassy. First of all, Knesset member Sharon Haskel. She's from the National Unity Party, and she uh, for uh, quite a few terms here has been involved in the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus and has been its co-chair for uh, several Knesset terms now, and we appreciate having you, Sharon.
1: Thank you so much, David, for inviting me and for hosting me here.
0: Yes, and her colleague at the caucus, uh, Josh Reinstein, who is director of the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus, also uh, director of the Israel Allies Foundation, which links to all the sister caucuses pro-Israel, caucuses that they've set up in other countries, m- mostly with Christians, but with others uh, who are supportive of Israel. Good to see you, Josh.
2: Uh, always good to be together, David. Uh, thanks for having um... me.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, Sharon, we'll start off with you. Uh, I know, you know, the the whole shock of what happened and now this whole waiting and seeing what's going to happen with the hostages before the IDF goes in. It's not easy but uh, I know you have uh, you know something to say to the Christian world to our Christian audience about where Israel is and how they can help how can we get Christians more involved in in the effort to help Israel get through this so please go ahead and uh, uh, tell us what what uh, what you have
1: so there's a couple of things. Um, I mean, many Christians around the world can look through a magnifying glass and see this conflict as Hamas and Israel uh, fighting over territory. Um, But this is not not the story. It's not a territorial conflict. I mean, Israel completely evacuated and left Gaza in 2005. So uh, they were able to uh, build their own territory, their own country, their own Uh, run their own uh, business and their own culture and their own education system and everything, but instead of trying and build something uh, for themselves, they invested in more terror and more hatred, uh, you know, on the platform of Hamas. Uh, There is one section that is written very clear that they will not stop until the complete annihilation of the state of Israel and Jews. This attack was an attack on our values on the way that we live. This is a religious and a cultural war. And it's not just Hamas that had open it. I mean, the the instigator of this attack was Iran. And Iran's big idea is for Islam to rule the world. They use a few proxies around the world, like Hamas, like Hezbollah. Uh, If anyone doesn't know yet, Hezbollah, has, uh, Hezbollah is a full army funded, operated by Iran. Uh, about 20 years ago, almost, they actually tried and built their biggest headquarter in Canada. They have bases in North America, South America, Central America. Hezbollah is the biggest uh, exporter and importer of drugs and army into Central and South America so you need to understand that this is not an israel hamas war this is an Iranian, extreme muslim radical war on the values that we believe those shared values of freedom liberty freedom of religion equality democracy the sanctity of life that's a challenge where they're calling on the way that we live and the attack on the 7th of october that was the First day of that war. And, you know, many people in the world want to look through a magnifying glass and only see Hamas in Israel. But this is far bigger than that. Hezbollah is already attacking through the northern border. Iran is controlling and manipulating the entire system. They have proxies in Yemen, the Houthis, who have already started sending missiles. American bases have been attacked in recent weeks. I think about 10 then in Iraq, in Syria. So if anyone wants to continue and look for a magnifying glass and only see Israel, they can continue and keep their blind, uh, uh, a blind eye towards everything that is happening. But the Christian world needs to wake up. The most persecuted minority in the Middle East are Christians. They, in Gaza, they actually live underground it's it's uh, it's very difficult to be christian in gaza and their plan is first israel and then the big devil which is called america but it's not just america America is this idea of iran as the big devil this idea of liberty and freedom and and equal rights and and women's rights and the democracy and the sanctity of life these are the values that they are fighting and they're combating and this fight is a fight of all of us, of all of those our us, us that believes in those mutual values. They are challenging it, and that clash of civilization is closer than ever. And if the Christian world is not going to be aware of it, joining forces together to combat it, especially on social media, then you know what? Israel will be just the first front. Europe's going to be next. America's going to be next. Canada, Central America, South America, they are already there. And so, to be honest, I hope this concludes in just the Hamas and Israel confrontation on those values. But it has already shown signs that Hezbollah is joining in, Syria, Iran. Why would American bases be attacked? Why Jewish communities in America are being attacked? Why Jews in, in France are being attacked? This is a far wider challenge and front that we need to join forces together. And the Christian world cannot be silent. They have to join in because this is a challenge on your value, your religion, your culture, as much as it is on ours.
0: Yes. Thank, thank you, uh, Sharon. We'll come back to you in a minute, but Josh, uh, your initial impressions of how shocked uh, Israel was, uh, what uh, the nation is going through now, and uh, how Christians can help in in this and standing up for Israel.
2: No, thank you, David. Uh, obviously, it was a major shock to the state of Israel. Um, it was... Something that was very unexpected. At the scope of it was so large and the terror of it was so horrible um, that no one could even imagine. It was really a genocide. And we're seeing the stories come out of Kibbutz Berry and Aza. And, and I want to thank member of Knesset Trinheskel for leading a delegation to show Knesset members and ambassadors what, what happened for real. And, and I was on that delegation and and those stories will haunt me for a lifetime it's just terrifying but that being said the the people of israel are strong we're united uh and we're ready to fight back and i think that was something that uh was a real wake-up call for the state of israel Um, when it comes to christian support we're seeing incredible support in some areas and i'd like to first thank christians for what they've been doing so far you know as mentioned i'm the president of the israel allies foundation We have 53 Israel allies caucuses around the world, 1500 legislators in our network. And I can tell you they've been very dedicated to releasing statements, having hearings, resolutions on different issues. Um, I haven't seen uh, our network come together like this ever before. It's really been amazing. And it's because Christians have been putting pressure on their religious leaders to put pressure on the political leaders to stand with Israel. Uh, I've been involved in about 100 Zooms in the last three weeks. all the way from Liberia, to Papua New Guinea, uh, to Uganda, to Australia, to uh, Dallas, Texas, to Toronto, Canada. Christians are rallying uh, like never before. Um, but I'd like to echo what member of Messagingen Heskel said, that what people didn't understand before and what we were trying to explain is that this isn't a conflict. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict is not a territorial conflict. It's a clash of civilizations. It's a religious conflict. And that's why you're seeing Judeo-Christian values on one side and Jews and Christians on one side and people who actively fight against and hate Judeo-Christian values on the other side. And a lot of times people are confused by this. They're like, I don't understand. Why are extreme liberals at Harvard University working with radical Islam? I mean, shouldn't they be completely disagree on everything, well, there's one thing that unites them, and that's the rejection of the God of Israel, the Torah, and their hatred for the Jewish people, which represent that. And so we're seeing an unholy alliance of all the haters of Israel, of all the haters of the God of Israel, of all the haters of the Jewish people coming together. And we need to have a response at the same time of Jews and Christians coming together. Uh, One area where Christians can get involved more As Sharon mentioned, it's on social media. You know, there's just people writing the most anti-Semitic things. Just, you know, you would think, how could someone write this? Don't they know that this is what the Nazis were doing? But no one's embarrassed to do it. Why aren't people calling them out more? Another arena is in protests. You know, they're about to do their second big protest on Washington, D.C. Where are a million Christians hitting the streets saying that they stand with Israel? Where are the million Christians uh, in Washington, D.C. waving the flag in Israel saying we stand together. And what Sharinda says is 100% true. The, the biggest genocides in, in the Middle East aren't against Jews, they're against Christians. The Christians are the target. It's just as much as we are. And so Christians need to wake up and understand that it's not just gonna happen here in the Middle East, it's coming to a movie theater near you. When, when Hamas calls for a day of rage internationally, What they're calling for is for their sleeper selves and their members to come out and attack Jews and Christians around the world. And we're seeing that already in Germany. We're seeing that in London. And we're going to see it in America inevitably. And so it's very important that Christians really understand this and realize that they can't just go back to business as usual. They got to get off the sidelines and take a stand. Now, it's great that Christians are praying for Israel. It's great that the churches are rallying behind Israel. But individuals need to get involved as well and take a stand. And I think that that's the next phase in what we call faith-based diplomacy. When bibl- people take their biblical support and turn it into real uh, political action.
0: Yeah, I'm concerned that uh, you know most of the Western world it's post-Christian now, and uh, that even even those who still uh, claim they're Christians uh we're not interested in you know another crusade or whatever we're far past the crusades but uh a holy war has been declared first on the jews and then on the christians and i don't think uh many christians realize this and that standing for israel is the front line of this battle um sharon in the past you know the some types of terror attacks come in waves uh you know, suicide bombings here, and then then they ripple throughout the world that we had in Jerusalem car rammings or some of the heavy construction equipment, attacking cars and whatever, and copycat attack, copycat attack. And my concern is is this whole imagery of home invasions by heavily armed terrorists with instruments of torture and all, that this somehow is sickly wetting the appetite of jihadists. In Western countries, are you concerned about this?
1: Of course. I mean, you already hear um, uh, one of the head of the of the synagogues. I can't remember right now in which city, but in America was stabbed to death as a hate crime
0: in the Detroit area.
1: Detroit, exactly. Um, And uh, you hear uh, uh, children being attacked on on campuses. Campuses are not safe anymore for for. for for Jews, I mean, I, I as Josh said, yes, uh, Jews are all, might be the first, but probably Christians are going to be next. Yes. The appetite of those uh, extremists, I mean, they've been radicalized for years and years, and they've been waiting to take somewhat of their actions um, uh, in in that holy war. For them, those who were radicalized are only waiting for an opportunity. And um, when, you, when, when, when you look on, on what has happened around the world, I mean, people that were, that were radicalized, it's sort of an ideology and an idea. It just sits there. And when they see those sites, it stimulates and fuels things that they were taught for years about violence and about hatred. Um, Just uh, two days ago, the spokesperson for the IDF released a recorded call from one of the terrorists while massacring in one of the kibbutzes here in in Israel. Uh, I think, and and if you hear that call, if you play that call, I mean, if you take it that call now, if you take it in the 40s or the the late 30s of... uh, Nazi Germany, it sounds the same. It's a a person and you cannot imagine a human being capable of saying or or doing those kinds of things, but it's it's a a son calling his mother from a phone of a person who just murdered saying, man, I killed 10 Jews. I killed 10 Jews, I'm a saint, be happy for me. And the mother is calling in prayers and joys and celebrating it and she puts the dad on the phone. I mean, what kind of family prays and celebrate the murder of 10 Jews? I. This is a, a hate crime, this is racism. And so you understand that those people grew up with that kind of incitement, that kind of indoctrination for hatred, for for violence towards Jews. It's part of their culture and part of their religion. And they won't stop. They will only wait for this opportunity. And so we understand, like with Al-Qaeda and with ISIS, Uh, That you have to completely eliminate and destroy those cells and those organizations because the world is safer without them. Society is safer without them. There isn't coming back. If you go now to prisons uh, and speak to ISIS troops, ISIS terrorists who committed some of the worst crimes, there's two things they'll tell you. One, it wasn't me. I was just the guard on the gate, same as the Nazis told. You know, I didn't do anything. I was just a guard. I was just in the office writing something. And the second one is that they wouldn't take it back. They would do it again. And that only God will judge them. So you understand that there's no coming back from those kinds of idea. There isn't any kind of rehabilitation. Are we worried about it? Of course. But that's why we said we have to completely eliminate Hamas.
0: Yes. Uh, Sharon, Josh mentioned that you uh, organized a tour of uh, Kafar, Aza, and Kibbutz Berry, probably the two worst hit communities, that there were some fellow Knesset members with you and also some ambassadors from different countries. And what did you see there and how did these uh, foreign ambassadors react?
1: Wow. I'm still uh, trying to recover from the, those sites. It is very difficult emotionally, physically, the smell, the sights, the, the things that you see is absolutely horrific. Um, at uh, one point, one of the, the uh, officers of the army came and spoke to us. And this is an officer who's seen some horrifying sights. I mean, he's been evacuating from the terrible earthquake in Turkey and he, in, in Central America, he's been, uh, you know, like natural disasters area, saving people's lives. And he said, I've never seen anything like that. He said that at one point when they entered the kibbutz, they saw a pile of bodies up in flame, burning. And he didn't really understand what he's seeing. And he didn't understand how come his bodies down on fire. He said, okay, maybe a grenade went on or a mopped up bottle by accident or something like that. And then he continues to go within. And he see another pile of body on fire. And when he sees that, he suddenly realizes. And when he looks into the horizon and he see many, many smoke, small smoke bonfires coming up. understand that they piled up bodies and put them in flames so that no one will be able to recognize and there won't be any kind of evidence left for that massacre that we will not be able to identify our people or friends our family members he's never seen anything like that i mean this is like taken out of the scene of the holocaust Mm -hmm. at another site and I, 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 I'll just warn here that maybe some of our viewers will not be able to hear it. So maybe they should maybe turn the sound off for just like a minute. At another side, they saw a woman lying down. Her belly was cut out. She was pregnant. The fetus, the baby was out of the stomach, stabbed with a knife. And the mother was shot in the head. Can a person do something like that? I mean, these are monsters. Those devastating acts. I mean, these are crimes against humanity. There isn't another way to describe that.
0: You can't even describe that in there. Josh, uh, what sort of reaction did you get from, uh, from some of the ambassadors who were on the tour with you?
2: Look, I, I think for anyone who was there, it was just uh, disbelief. Uh, no one thought that uh, it went to such an extent. And as I mentioned, you know, there were already news out there about the beheading of babies and uh, the terrible rapes that they filmed on, on on videos and sent to the families of the people they were raping. Uh, just, you know, I don't even know how people can think of these type of tortures and, and, and cruelty, but, you know, I think that what people are thinking is like, wait a minute, in my country right now, there are tens of thousands of people waving the Hamas flag uh, celebrating this. And this is really scary. What's gonna happen in my country? And I think that's what everyone really needs to think about right now. Um, when you see uh, glory to the martyr- martyrs on buildings in university campuses in America, that's what they're glorified. That's what they're saying glory to. And yesterday, uh, a, a man broke into a Jewish person's house in L.A. yelling, free Palestine. Look, we've been warning for, for years that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. What does this Jewish guy in L.A. have to do with, with Israel even? You know, he might not even be a supporter of Israel. But free Palestine is a way of saying death to the Jews now. Then- and you know, what? For, for the most part, they dropped the free Palestine. They're at the rallies, you hear people yelling, Jews to the trash and gas the Jews and they're not even saying Israel anymore. So what, what we're seeing is a, an incredible explosion of anti-Semitism and something even worse, we're seeing on the streets uh, in countries like London, in Germany, in Chicago, in Washington DC and on university campuses and in the media, this great wave of people saying that they support this. And, and this is what we saw in Nazi Germany, the final solution came from professors at Tubingen University. It wasn't a bunch of gangsters who came up, oh, we're gonna kill all the Jews. This was a well thought out thing. And now Harvard is coming up with ideas of why this was a great success, this killing of women and babies and murder and lighting families on fire, three generations of families on fire. Uh, so that's really what the, the the ambassadors are seeing. And that's the message that's going forth from these tours. and. Um, uh, I'm very excited that Sharin is actually planning another uh, tour uh, for next week. We have the ambassador of, of Ukraine coming on it, uh, and we have the ambassador of Guatemala and some other ambassadors to come and see it for themselves because I think people need to see this uh, it, just so they can understand the brutality.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm signed up for that tour. I'm, uh, uh, um, I think I need to help go bear witness and uh, you mentioned Tubingen, which was a university where they trained a lot of the top uh, Nazi officers and all. There was just a, a protest there yesterday uh, on behalf of the hostages, and uh, it was very touching to see that. It's still a university town, but uh, it is it is chilling, uh, Sharon, when uh, I mean, a poll in America shows 80% of Americans are standing with Israel right now. The support for the Palestinians, those who are siding with them, is under 10%, which is a big change, a shift even from uh, before October 7th. But uh, but still, the, the people are willing to go in the streets, shameful as it may be, and wave the Palestinian flag, which has become... I, I guess, the most popular symbol now for global jihad, and, and as, as Josh said, that uh, free Palestine has become a euphemism for kill the Jews, but how troubling is it, Sharon, for, for uh, America and Europe and our cultures that we're even allowing this? I think, uh, I think in Germany they're actually taking names and gonna, and going to expel some of the people who are supporting jihad in the streets right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, in uh, in Germany, they forbid the march in support of Hamas. That's the same in France. Uh, they understand those slogans are not any racist. And you know, how can anyone anyone support such a, a horrifying massacre? I mean, can you imagine anyone in America marching in support of Al Qaeda after the nine eleven? Can you imagine? Anyone marching after an attack, uh, you know, the stadium attack in London in support of ISIS or any other terrorist group, I mean, but it's somehow some countries accept that those people are marching in support of Hamas, of those, uh, of those monsters. Uh, what Josh said about universities really, really worrying because they become also an unsafe place for Jews. Not even universities, even schools. I mean, my niece. Um, she's in Texas, uh, and 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 she was sitting there in in lunch for lunch in her school, and one of the kids shouted, "I'm gonna kill all the Jews," mm. and she heard that. She's eight years old in Texas. I mean, uh, uh, so this is this is uh 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 you see. Different countries handling it. Uh, and some countries, who will allow something like that? I guess this is uh, sort of their moral sta- standard. But as I said in the start, um, many of those radicalized people are already in your, in your, in on your doorstep. They are already in your homes, in your schools, everywhere, and this is gonna turn into this clash of the national jihad that's when you see people being attacked in france in in america in in germany in 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 london and in israel as well i mean we are just the 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 front Hmm.
0: Uh, sharon um you're part of the National Unity Party, which the list uh, is headed by uh, Benny Gantz, and you, you, because of the dire situation, you know, you've joined. Your party has joined a National Unity government with with Gantz, a former uh, uh, IDF chief of staff, defense minister. He's part of that small three member war cabinet. Uh, I know there are a lot of tough decisions being made there especially weighing a ground operation versus the the hope of getting out more hostages what are you hearing um, about those decisions and what can we expect over coming days
1: so we have to completely eradicate Hamas. um we cannot have a border with an isis organization we understand if they've done it again they'll try and do it if they've done it once they will try and do it again that's why we have to completely eliminate their um their uh, um their uh, their control and rule of the Gaza strip and that means destroying their military equipment and infrastructure uh their technology and, and communications uh their economical infrastructure um and 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 it will take a long time it will take a lot of effort that we have to do it and will do it um you know we are still at the start of it um our troops will go into Gaza uh and in that and our northern border as well Iran is sending Hezbollah troops uh through the northern border to attack our civilians and our soldiers as well uh and, and then you can ask yourself well what does Hezbollah has anything to do with it Well, it's everything to do with it. That the idea of radical Islam, they've been holding Lebanon as hostages for years now, using it as a proxy of Iran. And the people of Lebanon are paying the price. So we hope that Iran is not going to send their full troops because then they will not leave us any other choice but to turn Beirut into Gaza as well. And we are trying to avoid that. We don't want that wider conflict. Um, but unfortunately, as we understand it, that's the start of it. And there's still yet to come. We are going to make sure that anything we do will keep as much of our troops as safely, safely as possible. Uh, we want to release all of our hostages unharmed. It's not going to be easy, but that's one of our goals as well. Uh, and it's going to be challenging.
0: Uh, Josh, what what are you hearing uh, behind the scenes from Knesset members and others about the the tough decisions of hostages, ground operations? I know uh, most of the media's come pretty clear. They're they're waiting with the ground invasion until they can see if they can get more hostages. But Hamas could string this out for months, but also for the U.S. to get some more air defenses in place to protect its troops in say syria and iraq what but what are you hearing and and what can we expect well i
2: think no one really knows it's the truth um the big debate going on within the knesset now is how we do it um you know there's a lot of people who want to just bomb them uh, from the air and turn gaza into a parking lot to avoid civilian casualties to avoid military casualties uh, and then there are those who are saying no we need to go in we have to be careful and in, in a humanitarian way, uh, a mistake that Israel's made in the past where you know we put our own soldiers at risk uh, uh, in order not to harm their uh, citizens. Um, so I think that's one of the debates that are going on right now. Um, there are also a lot of people who are thinking that something outside the box will happen. Mm-hmm. There's also the uh, idea that there's a lot of uh, pressure on Israel, um, American pressure, so that uh, we don't uh, fight at uh, the northern border right now to to, vi- to avoid having a multi-faceted uh, fight. Um, and there's even been reports in the Wall Street Journal uh, uh, yesterday that America is asking us not to do a ground invasion just yet and to wait until they can fortify their defenses because they've been hit by Iran. Um, uh, the real question is, you know, are we going to hit the, the head of the serpent here? This is obviously Iran. They've been coordinating this between their proxy armies and Gaza and in Lebanon, uh, they fund Gaza, they fund Lebanon, uh, they give them weapons and training. There was a report yesterday that 500 of the actual Hamas terrorists were training in Tehran. Um, so, are we going to pretend that they're not, you know, pulling the strings? Uh, are we going to let uh, Hezbollah have 15, uh, sorry, 150,000 guided missiles on our northern border, potentially doing even a worse uh, attack on us than what happened on October 7th? I think these are the questions uh, that the Israeli people are asking right now, uh, but and a lot of people don't really know the answers. Uh, we're hopeful that our leadership is, is strong, uh, that our leadership is uh, has resolved, uh, and that can withstand a lot of the pressure that's coming right now. But I think the people of Israel and the government is united on the idea, at least, that there will be no Hamas after this military conflict, that having Hamas to do another attack on us is not an option, and that they need to be uprooted. I think the strategy is what's in debate right now.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's uh, polls show even a, a, a large number of Israeli Arabs think Hamas should either be eliminated or at least disarmed because they were probably repulsed by what they saw on October 7th. Sure. Another thing uh, that
2: we haven't even got into, David, you know, the fact that Hamas is using uh, their citizens as human shields, not allowing them to flee to the south as the Israeli government has called them to do. I mean, a lot of people are now saying that we need to free Gaza from Hamas, and and that it, exactly. it's not free Palestine; it's free Gaza from Hamas. Uh, so it's an interesting uh, twist on what's happening.
0: Yeah, Sharon, sure, it wasn't uh, such a <laughs> Uh, an easy year already for, for Israelis, a lot of discord, debate over the judicial reform package. But of course, when you're attacked in such a massive and horrendous way, the nation has come together. There has been unity. Is that going to hold? And, and you know, this legendary Israeli resilience, do you see the people of Israel making it through the what could be a, a two or three more months of conflict?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, this is going to take time. Um, And, you know, uh, we had so many challenges uh, prior to the 7th of October. The people were so divided. And, you know, um, we had an event of the Christian Allied Caucus just two months ago uh, where I actually said that we have to find a way to unite together and come to agreement because through the entire history of Israel, Including the biblical history, every time our uh, our point of uh, of destruction was when uh, the Jewish people were not united and were divided. It was something that from within fell. And every time the Jewish people, the Israelis, were united together, nothing nothing could come, you know. Uh, no matter what tragedy, no matter how dangerous our enemies were or big or massive, you know, God was on our side and 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 we and and were able to defeat all our enemies. And at this point of time, all of our political differences were put aside because we understand that we are fighting on our lives here. Whether we are capable of living here, if we can send our children to school, if our family can have, you know, a a breakfast or like a Christmas dinner and not be massacred in their own home, burnt down. Um, so everything sort of shrinks in, in, into the, into this situation where we're fighting for our lives. Uh, and so we, we are united together. And I, I hope that as much as possible, pol- most politicians will be able to put politics aside and concentrate on one thing, and it is to make sure that our people, our families, our friends, our children are, are safe.
0: Uh, I, I, we appreciate uh, your time from uh, both Sharon Heskel of uh, the Knesset Christian Allies, Caucus, Josh Reinstein. Is, is there anything else that you would want to speak out to uh, our Christian audience, to the Christian world right now, about the situation Israel is in? Sharon?
1: Sorry?
0: Uh, I Sharon, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, if there's anything more. Well, uh, I, my my last mesh message would be um, to, as uh, Josh mentioned in the start, to stand up and take action. You know, uh, most of the people are good people. But a lot of the times through atrocities, people are being silent and you know, we, we, we understand the strength and we really appreciate the prayer and the support that we receive from all Christian communities. But I think it's time to stand up and, and make actions. And there's a lot of things that you can do. Uh, if it's individually on social media, share the truth because there's different propaganda people are trying, uh, as they did in the Holocaust to. Uh, eliminate their fingerprint and to eliminate uh, any kind of evidence and to say that these things are a conspiracy and never happened, And so it is important to bring these stories and the events out to the eyes to show what really happened, to bring out the truth and the reality and to fight those lies. And, and the second one, it is to go out and march
2: yeah uh i would uh, echo what uh sharin's saying david uh first of all we want to thank christians for their prayers we believe in the power of prayer we need prayers for our injured we need prayers for our leadership that they have the resolve to do what needs to be done and we need prayers for the hostages uh we need lots of prayers but i believe christians say that prayer without action means nothing you know god fulfills his work in partnership with people and so uh, it's not enough that we fight the wars we need god on our side but god won't be on our side if we don't fight the wars and i think that's really the message christians need to now take the actions publicly uh and bravely and say that we will not allow this to happen again and so i think that the final remarks to the christian audience and the christians around the world is now see what you have that's within your ability is it public speaking then speak out is it marching I mean, organizing then get people onto the streets uh is it writing then write an op-ed but it's time for all people to do something one act and make it a a daily thing that they're going to do one act to fight for our judeo-christian values because they're under attack like never before
0: you know well thank you josh thank you Sharena eskel coming to us from the uh jerusalem hills and uh josh i um I just want to see more passion from from Christians and uh, y'all have mentioned uh, marches social media I think social media has become such a powerful way for people to express themselves if there's 80% say of Americans who are siding with Israel you should have 80% of the posts out there but we got to be more more active have more passion in this fight and I think Christians really need to realize whether you want it or not, whether you like it or not, war has been declared on on Christians. It begins with the Jews. The slogan for many decades here in the Muslim world: first the Saturday people, then the Sunday people, and it, it they because they believe that it, Allah is leading them to world conquests. But the first sign is retaking Jerusalem. Hamas called this the Al Oxa storm. The, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is not in danger. There's no danger, but they are trying to create the conflict in order to retake Jerusalem, which will be the sign, whether you're Sunni or Shiite, it's accepted the the prophetic sign that Allah is now with them, and uh, they can now go conquer the world. And the main people, the, the Russians, the Chinese who are siding with Iran, helping them, they have no idea about that they're a target too but Christians need to wake up. We we don't want this war. We didn't start it, but it, war has been declared on us, and you have to start fighting it in your own community. I suggest one way, if there's someone that you know and you see someone who is standing out there saying, free Palestine, jihad, jihad, that you shame them publicly, put up a billboard with their photos, say, jihadists, terror supporter, do something to shame them publicly, and this is the sort of passion that we need to see out there in the Christian world. Thank you again, Josh Reinstein, uh, Knesset member, Sharon Haskell, on this week's ICEJ weekly webinar. Stay tuned in a few minutes. We'll have our daily global prayer gathering at 4 p.m. Israel time, and uh, next week we'll have another uh, weekly webinar from the ICEJ. Thank you, and God bless you from Jerusalem.